All right, babes. Hello. We are back at it again. Yes, hello, everybody. Hello. Let me move a little bit closer to you. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. We're back at it again. Yes. And you got groceries yesterday. Oh, yes, finally. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I don't know what happened those two times, but that was super weird. I mean, really. Uh, I mean, last time it was a driver, the time before that, I think it was a store. It was very odd. I always get freaked out when I have to complain to a company about their service. I don't like But it either. adds another layer to it when it's twice in a row. Because then you start to think, oh, they're not going to believe me. What's going on here? I'm crying wolf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... The driver was really nice from what I heard. I stayed up here and was texting you about the estimated time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, super nice guy. Uh, he called my number to make sure he knew who I was. I made sure that he was able to see me and, uh, the rest is history. And we gave him a good review. Yeah. Yeah. He was super, super good. The driver on, Friday, I was, I went in and I couldn't give her no tip because of the way the app is designed, but I reduced yeah. her tip to $4 instead of 7 Yes. And I put in a one-star review and wrote something. But it wasn't like, I didn't... You didn't like rake her over the coals. And, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, but with this guy, you know, I kept the, kept the tip the same because it's not my place to adjust your tip. No, you, you shouldn't. But I gave five <laughs> stars and wrote a good review. It, yeah, he was he was great. He was great. And usually um usually the drivers are really um really nice. That's true. Yes. Yes. So so we had food yesterday then. We did. And what did we have? We just made baked potatoes. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, we made baked potatoes. Super good. Um just the um the thing to um both uh satisfy our hunger cuz by that time we were really hungry. <laughs> got some snacks. Um, everything was all good. I have a Walmart order coming tomorrow morning. Uh-huh. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be interesting if I got the same driver that you got on Friday? That would be awesome. Why? Well, because uh-uh. he was... Like, I said the one why? you got on Friday. Oh, I'm sorry. Today's I'm sorry. Sunday. Uh, not yesterday. I'm sorry. Um, I'm, <laughs> okay. Uh I don't know how you would, I don't know. <laughs> that, that person, you couldn't even pronounce the person's name, right? The one on Friday? Yeah. No, it's Dolores. Oh. Oh, maybe it's, well, I don't know her last name. Let's just say that. I think y'all can say first names. A random person. You said that you couldn't pronounce it. No, it was Dolores. <laughs> okay. Well, now everybody knows. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of Doloreses who live in the Portland metro area. Yeah, you may even get a Doris or a, or you might even get a Tammy or Yeah. You know, you might even get a Betty or Betsy. And maybe it was Doris because I do have dyslexia. <laughs> uh, or maybe it was Boris. <laughs> <laughs> or Natasha. Yes. Um Rocky was with them and Bullwinkle was on vacation. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. Anyway, um, no, uh, that would be weird, but I don't think it's going to happen. I have a feeling it's not. When I lived in Colorado, mm-hmm. we've discussed this before, the program I went to, they were very much in favor, in favor of using cabs. Which wow. one. That's expensive. They're expensive. Exactly. Yeah. And 
to the cab service in Denver, Colorado, at least in 2006 slash 2007, kind of sucked. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That's anyways, tough. one day I go shopping, and my roommate does too, but we're shopping for different things. Yeah. And I get picked up by the driver that he just had. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, because, I, I, you know, I had to tell the guy my exact address. And he's like, I just took some guy there, and I'm like, let me get some Indian guy who can't get laid. And he's like, yes. You said that? Probably something like that. <laughs> I may have left out that can't get laid part. Uh-huh. He has since had a child without the use of in vitro fertilization. Oh, my goodness. But, so, apparently, uh, his fortunes have changed a little bit. Wow. Yes. Unbelievable. What? <laughs> You're so weird. That he ended up no, getting no, laid? That, no, no. That's it was hard for me to believe, too. <laughs> ah, stop. What? What? No, your humor is just so out there sometimes. That's a good thing. Not really. I brought Not up all the, time. the imaginary friend thing again last night where I said, what if I'm everybody's imaginary friend? And when more of my friends start to die, it'll be harder for people to keep up the belief in me. So I'll just disappear. Well, then I started. And, huh? Well, and then I said, what happens if you go to heaven and you don't see me there? So obviously your first thought is I went to the bad place, but then God comes to you and says, Oh, by the way, Rick's not in hell. He actually never really existed outside your head and a few other people's imaginations. And I quickly squashed that idea and said, yeah, it doesn't work that way. And then I proceeded to tickle you and you said, why are you doing that? And I said, well, if you're an imaginary person, you're not going to feel it, right? No, because it's real to me. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, but it, uh, but it's, uh, well, how could it be real to you if you're somebody's imaginary friend? I'm, I'm, so if I did I this. Call, oh, no, but it, I feel or, it though. Or, or if I, hold on, hold on. Or if I did this. Oh my goodness. Ooh. <laughs> or if I did this. <laughs> or if I did this. Or if I did this. <laughs> oh. Soft as a baby's bottom. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of butt. What? This morning I say I have to pee, and you were bragging to me about how you used up all the, the No, the I didn't. Paper. No, no, no. Are you trying to do it in the convoluted way? No, no, way? no. That's not what I said. You're, you're, now you, you're no, I, I said you did it in the convoluted way. I didn't. come right out and say it. You said, oh, Bob, yeah. Okay, let me just say it the I way. Fresh wall toilet people. I'm like, that's great, face, but I actually just have to pee. All right, God, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Bubs. Tell me. Okay, let me let me explain it to you to everybody because Rick is going to say it in a weird way that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I basically said that there's um um the 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 toilet paper on the rolls running out, and if you need any more toilet paper, there's a roll on the on the side of the counter. That's all I said. Yeah. I never said I used it up. I'm saying it's almost gone. Okay. I typically don't use toilet paper when I pee. Well, I didn't know that. Yes. I guess women do, right? We have to. Okay. We have to. We have, uh, we have open systems. Oh, okay. So if you don't, then it just stays wet in there? If I don't, it gets all over, uh, my legs. Oh, and in your underwear. Yes. Interesting. Well, and, and yeah, and it, that's why it's easier for men to go pee when they're in camping sites because they can just pee next to a tree and they're fine. Uh-huh. But a woman can't do that. Because it doesn't just like, you can't just, you know, use it, use it as a hose and, you know, hose everything in plain sight. 
you you actually have to squat and make sure that it doesn't get on you and then make sure you have uh something to wipe with because it'll get all over your legs fascinating because women aren't built that way you see well i mean i assumed it was something like that but i didn't know for sure no see that's that's uh <laughs> that's what happened I'm glad you got your toilet paper then, Jewel. But you'll have to buy more of. But yes. I don't know why we had to talk about this. I think you brought it up. I did not bring it up. You did. Okay. <sighs> Maybe I did. Yes, you did. Who you can always, remember that far back? You always bring stuff up like that. It's weird. How do I? Well, you brought it up this morning, babes. No, 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 no. I brought it up to you this morning, but I wasn't going to. Or, yeah, I, I, I said it. But I wasn't thinking that you were going to say it here. Yeah, but all I said this morning, we were talking. I was like, I really have to be. And you're like, well, if you need more toilet paper. I wish. You know what? You know what? That's it. No, that's no. it. Oh, that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. Fighting words. That's up. it. I'll tickle wall. <laughs> I'll tickle wall. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tickle toast. Right, give me a kiss so we can certify the uh, tickle juice. It's solidify. Solidify. Let's solidify. Let's solid, as the kids say. <laughs> You're weird. No, I'm normal. <laughs> so that was cool, babes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, TP aside, because we have other stuff to talk about. We do. We had a pretty good day yesterday. Yes, it was good. Very good. Uh, what do we, you played me. We, I, I Blood, put on some blood, sweat, and tears. And I, for some reason, thought that they were, because of the name, they were going to be like a heavy rock band. Yeah. I knew some of the music, but I didn't know the name of the band. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Because, you know, I've known people over the years who like to listen to oldie stations. Yep. But, um, they were really good. And I didn't know that they had some just like jazz pieces that they did. Yeah. Some instrumentals. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I was really disappointed because, um, on their, on the uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears playlist, I don't know if I can find another version of it, but they had, um, a version of Spinning Wheel, but it missed a part. There was a part that was taken out of it, and I liked that part. And it's a part that was, um, towards the end where it goes, da 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 It sounds like a calliope. And I was like, what? They took that part out. And I, and I don't like it when, um, I don't like it when, uh, the dot will or any streaming service will play like different, uh, versions that, uh, versions of a song and they cut something out or a remastered version that doesn't sound like the original. I hate that. It's very annoying. I do think that there are a lot of advantages to streaming services. Having said that, they still haven't got all the kinks worked out. You know what I heard the other day? What's that? Or a while ago, I guess now? Yeah. Is that on Amazon, uh-huh. Jeff Bezos doesn't want there to be any male nudity. So, for example, there's what? yeah, there's a scene in, I think it's Bad Lieutenant, where Harvey Keitel is naked, and that's edited out of the movie. He doesn't want any nudity? He doesn't want any male nudity. That and he doesn't like full frontalness in films that they have on Okay, so... That could just be an urban rumor that I heard online. Oh, okay. But uh, that's really strange. Well, if, well, that means that he wouldn't want... He he uh, would 
he may not want to have uh, the full Monty um, on his service because in the full Monty, apparently the guys are naked. So do they show everything in that movie? I have no idea. I, I forget. It's oh, you've never seen that movie? No, I have not seen the full Monty. I've heard about it. It's also been made into a musical, and it's about you know. Oh, no, I've, no, I've seen it multiple times. I oh. really like that movie. What is the premise? The, okay, so the premise is there's uh, a bunch of guys who were working class. And I want to say London. Yeah. So I haven't seen the movie in over 20 years. Yeah. And uh, it has one of the guys who is in train spotting. Uh-huh. But in any event. Um, and he's the main character. I forgot his name. I think he was Sick Boy in train spotting, but don't quote me on that, which right. is another movie you haven't seen. Okay. And it's, he has a nine year old son uh, who he is trying to get along with because, you know, the mom and him have separated, yeah. but he's super poor. Yeah, yeah. And so these guys get together and realize they can make money if they do this like male strip tease show uh-huh. and show everything. Uh-huh. And it's about their struggle of whether or not we should do it. So like that's uh, uh, an interesting, that's like a shocking premise. Like a bunch of guys decide to get naked on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do have some of that, but it's also about what's it like to be poor and be a little bit older, have responsibilities, and not know how to do it. So, like, in one scene of the movie, this guy who I think he used to be a boss at this mid-level company yeah. tries to kill himself. Yeah, yeah. And is rescued at the last minute. He tries to do with carbon dioxide poisoning. Oh, wow. It's it's a re- – I, I haven't seen it since carbon the 90s. Carbon monoxide, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it since the 90s, but I remember thinking it was really good. I wow. think I saw it like two or three times. I would be open yeah. to watching that again. That's interesting. There's another movie that I've heard about, and um, I don't know um, – it was with Jada Pinkett Smith, and it was called Magic Mike. Yeah, I've heard and about that. I – I don't know. I, I I don't know if it's good or not. I heard it's another kind of a striptease movie. I normally uh, don't like those films, even if it's yeah. with women. Yeah, yeah. But I think the full Monty to me was done really, really well. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to watch, you know, striptease or showgirls. It's just not my thing. I know that they got completely naked in the full Monty, but I can't remember if they just showed, you know, from the back or if yeah. they sold showed full frontal something tells me though that because it was the 90s you actually don't see any balls or penis in it i don't know well and i know i i know they made it into a musical Mm -hmm. um so i don't know if they showed everything in the broadway musical because um i just heard about well what about the movie hair um because in hair um the movie musical um the cast ends up on the whole entire cast ends up on the stage nude. So I've never seen hair, but I've heard great Apparently. things about it. Yeah, I heard it's a, it's a weird, I mean, I read about it. I'm like, yeah, this is definitely a hippie musical. Um, but yeah. the, but I heard the music is great. And, um, and, uh, but I, but I also heard that on the broad in the Broadway show, they are nude on stage. I would be down for watching a movie version of hair. I'm sure they must have one. Yes, they do. That's that's what the uh, musical is based around. We should do the full Monty and train spotting one night. I'll, I'll think about that. Oh, is it because um, that one guy was in uh, train spotting? Yeah, and I know I'm going to sound like an idiot for people who remember both movies, but it's the main guy from train spot from uh, the full Monty had a supporting role in train spotting. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Really. Uh, Great uh, movies, in my opinion. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Okay. Okay. You know what bugs me, babes? A lot of things? Yes. Okay. Life. What bugs you? But more specifically, last night, as I was trying to fall asleep, I, I don't think you were out already. I had a hard time sleeping for a while. I don't even remember when I went, went to sleep. I just didn't try to go to sleep for a while, but once I tried, I was out immediately. I remembered there was something I said here recently, a fact that I got wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I got to bring that up tomorrow, and I've completely forgotten it. Oh, hopefully you'll remember it. I'm sure. Was it about a movie? It was probably about a I don't even remember the context. It might have been about a movie. Huh. Oh, God. That thing last night in bed that really annoyed me, the Miles Davis thing. Oh, 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 is that what it was? No, 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 that uh, wasn't what it was. Oh, he was, you were trying to find... No, uh, no, 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 I know what that was, but that wasn't the inconsistency. I'm just saying that's something else that annoyed me. Yeah, 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 that one. So we were talking, and I forgot how Miles Davis came up. I said to you, oh, I've got to share this with you. And I'm looking for a poem that was in the book, Yo, Bum Rush the Page. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a book of poems uh, that were related to people who were on Deaf Poetry Jam, which is a show that I enjoyed back in the day. Um, and we need to watch some of it sometime. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find this poem. And it took me a while. Eventually, I knew where to look to find it. But I couldn't enlarge the print. And it's one of those things to where you really want somebody to speak it out mm-hmm. instead of having a computer voice read it to you. So you never heard the poem. Oh. But I said I'm going to try to memorize it for next weekend. But didn't you say you got someone to read it and it was um Yeah. Guy? So here's what happened. I was involved in this loose poetry collective called the Life Poets Society mm-hmm. in 2003 when I lived in Kona. And I think the person who ran it said, okay, Next time, I want everybody to bring a poem from somebody else and read it, which I think is kind of like, okay, whatevs. Yeah. But my friend was struggling with it. So I said, I was reading the actual book, the print version, uh-huh. and I found this poem. And I said, bro, you should definitely read this. And he's like, oh, man, this is really good. So he did. Wow. Yeah. It's, even though it's from a woman's perspective, yeah, it's really good. What did you read? I don't even remember. I think I might have just like... Or or recited, rather. I think what I probably did, babes, is I... Knowing me, I probably wrote a poem and said, this is from a dead friend of mine. <laughs> you know. <coughs> something like that. Dead friend that never existed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My imaginary friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, yes. I thought about that, babes. What's that? Well, going to poetry readings and saying, this isn't a poem of mine, but this is a poem from a friend that I had who passed away. And before he died, he gave me a notebook with some of his poetry. And that would allow me to write different about different types of stuff than I normally talk about. Right. So I could talk about what it's like being a welder or how I feel about being a cab driver, things of that nature. (laughs) Well, I suppose you could do that if you really wanted to be imaginative and creative. Mm -hmm. But, like, for example, how could you write about welding when you never welded? Yeah, that might be a little (laughs) bit tricky. (laughs) And how could you write about driving a cab when you can't drive? I talk about, instead of the mechanics of it, because that would, I, I wouldn't know how to do that. I talk about the people I met as my time as a cab driver. 
Right. And, and I mean, that would be tough if your uh, so-called friend was in the military and you never been in the military. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be different. Um, you could, you don't know, no, you would be funny. You could write a book of imaginative and creative poems from uh, someone that doesn't exist. Maybe. You can come up with a moniker like, uh, so there's a professor named Peter Shickley. Um, he has created uh, this moniker called PDQ Bach. Oh yeah, everybody knows. About yeah, that. you know about that, right? You mm-hmm. could you could you could create like a, a PDQ Bach of the poetry world. Yes. <laughs> Didn't he win the Grammy for a comedy album, and it was the same year that Sam Kinison was nominated? I think you might be right about that. We talked about that, right? We may have. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty. I mean, I didn't hear the album, but I heard parts of. You know, because we, I played, I played it for you because I wanted to know what it was, what it sounded like, and um, some Peter Shickley stuff, and he's super smart and really funny. Um, but yeah, I think that's what she said. Interesting. Yeah, I thought, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do but it. Sam Kennison's version, Sam Kennison's version of Wild Thing isn't that great. No. 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 But I'll do uh, imaginary person and make these really complex poems make your own monocle yeah exactly or um alter ego rather yeah so uh, there's some things about woke culture i really hate but then there are a few very strong benefits to it right so i'll give you one Mm -hmm. i love i love people but sometimes i've noticed with white people they'll try to project themselves and their feelings onto a black person. Okay. Have you noticed this? Um, I've kind of noticed it on both sides. Right, but you've definitely noticed it with white people. Um, like, give me an example. So, uh, oh, God, I, of course, I now I can't think of one. But I've, in general, I've noticed there'll be times where some white person, usually kind of lib, uh, and then maybe a little bit older, we'll say something, well, well, you must have felt like this in this situation to a black person. Oh, as if they knew? Yeah. Well, what about white people that, um, try to make themselves seem, uh, more woke by saying that they are also a minority? That's crazy too, but let's, let's keep on one, uh. Or they make themselves sound like they're black or okay. whatever. Okay. Let's keep on one track at a time. Um, so- I think it's, yeah, I, I I don't think I've I think I may have heard it on shows. Yeah. So, um the one one of the few good things about woke woke culture is now as a white person you can't really do that and it always made me feel a little bit uh uneasy. But I'm just thinking a way this could go awry is what if there's a white guy who who still wants to do that? So instead, they write these poems and they say this is uh my black friend who died last night and now I have his uh poems talking about what it's like being a black man in America. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I I just yeah, the, that that could go really really bad. Yeah. But if somebody did that. But I would I, not do that. I don't know. And then you see the other extremes where um white people are apologizing for the atrocities against black people when they never did anything. I, and I have a problem with that too. And I and I think that um uh this whole this whole woke woke culture thing has really gone very very crazy. Both sides are crazy, though. Did you know that there is some bill 
um, in the South where they're trying to censor black authors. I never heard of that. Yeah, I need to do more research into that. I saw a story about it on YouTube last night, but of course it's as I'm starting to fall asleep. Um, but apparently some, some, uh, southern states are trying to censor some black I, authors. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do more insane. research. Insane. I think, um. So it goes I, on on the conservative side too. Uh huh. So, you know, it is what it is, AJ. Well, we need to stop canceling. Um. But. Yeah, I think this whole censorship, canceling, whatever is just insane. What's, uh, John Stewart did have a really good observation where he says, I've noticed that the people who are in the cancel culture, it's like the only thing they can talk about. And I've kind of noticed that too. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Oh. I don't think they'll admit it. Well, I mean, the people who think, who say the cancel culture is a bad thing. It's like, yes, but there's other bad things in the world too. Yeah, but it's a big problem. It is a big it problem. It is a very big problem. And, but we have many big problems in this country. I know, but that's one of them. It is one of them, mm. but it's not the only problem. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. Now. Yes. I am hopeful that mm-hmm. Joe Biden will be primaried from the left in 2024. Uh, whether or not that'll happen, we'll, we'll have to see. And that it's a complete non sequitur. Yeah. I was like, why are we talking <laughs> about that? As I'm saying, and I'm like, this is not related at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> oh my goodness. Speaking about pizza, let's talk about Joe Biden. <laughs> Speaking of teriyaki chicken, why don't we talk about Madonna? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, uh, where do you want to go now? Do you want to go to the movies? Well, we also did watch some Ted Lasso. The oh, that's right. Yes, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Let's talk about he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. Roy, Roy Kent, Roy Kent. All right, all right, all right. Enough with the singing. <laughs> you don't like my singing. Uh, I don't like that song. Oh, I don't like, I don't know. I think, I think the, um, the, uh, theme songs are kind of corny. I do uh, too, but they're fun. Uh, they're fun. <laughs> they're corny. <laughs> the show is corny, but that's the whole thing. Is you're watching a corny show. The only corny person is Ted Lasso. Everybody else is not corny. Well, maybe Coach Beard is, but Ted Lasso is like the corniest of them all. No, but even some of the stuff that happens in the show is kind of corny. But that's the appeal of the show. Okay, well, let's go on to the first one that we saw. Tell me. Talk about it. Um, so, let's see. I have to think about this. This is the one where Roy Kent decides that he's no longer going to be a TV commentator and becomes a coach instead. Yeah, um, I'm just going to give you the premise because there's a lot of stuff that went on yeah. here. Um, Rebecca is texting. This is the one where Rebecca starts texting a bunch of guys. I believe so. Rebecca is texting a bunch of guys and um, Isaac McAdoo is the new coach and he's really, really new captain. Or, I'm sorry, the team. new captain, captain, but he's really angry and um Dr. Sharon wants to know if Isaac is okay, and Ted's like, well, I think he'll be all right. Uh, oh, I think this is the same episode where um, Coach Beard um, gets back together with Jane. You might be right about that. Yeah, and Higgins is very upset because, you know, he's a part of that group, uh, the Diamond Dogs. 
world. It's just so funny. <laughs> Ted started it. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, Higgins is talking to Rebecca and saying, you know, I'm really worried and I have a friend that, you know, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, well, it's best not to get involved because there's, you know, her mom is back in the picture and she says that she's leaving her dad for good. But she said, well, just wait. My dad's going to give her something expensive and she's going to uh, move back into the house. And that's basically what happens at the end of the episode. The mom makes uh, Rebecca Shepherd's pie, tells her how long to um, heat it up. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. You don't see her for um, the rest of the episode. <laughs> and um, um, uh, Roy uh, takes Isaac because... He's trying to teach him a lesson. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but Ted said, hey, could you help out with Isaac? We're having some issues. Yeah, and and so he takes him and and has him play with uh, just regular players. Mm -hmm. And he basically gives him a speech. He's like, this is what you used to do when you were a kid. And, and, you know, just have fun with it. It's just a game. Yeah. Have fun. Do what you want to do with it. And so he has a bunch of fun with these players. I think he gets knocked to the ground once, right? He does. But but he decides but but it seems like he's having a good time and he's smiling and that was the end of that. And then Roy decides because Ted wants to Roy to come back as a coach and Roy doesn't really want to do it, but he eventually decides to leave the studio where he's doing his commentary gig in the middle of a broadcast. And he goes down to the studio. I like this. He's running, but he has some problems with, I think, his knee. Yeah, and he, and he gets hurt again. <laughs> so he goes there. He gets his ticket under the name Reba McIntyre. <laughs> is that what you? That what he did? <laughs> yeah. And then he gets into the stadium. I, I love this scene. He first he goes, and some people who run the stadium or who are there, I guess, tickets. I don't know what they do. And he's like, I'm Roy Ken. I deserve to be in. And they're like, I'm not sure if it's him. Then he goes, gets his ticket, comes back to them. And he's like, fuck off. And they're like, oh, maybe that is him. Yeah. And he runs out into the field and they start singing, Roy Ken. Roy Ken. All right, 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 all right. Okay, okay, okay. All right, I don't believe in swearing, but I will in a song. I will for a song. You just did, bub. I will for a song. You did outside of the song, but I never, I never swear. Uh, you just did. If I say when, I was singing the song. No, you were talking about how they knew who Roy was. Oh well, that's giving. Uh, <laughs> that's giving a recap. Are right, we having a tickle war? Are we having? No, 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 no. Are we no, having okay. a kiss? No, no, no. All right, no, give no, me a kiss. Uh, okay, so. Um, Roy becomes the coach. That was pretty much the end of that one, but I think you should explain the second one because that one was very interesting. That one was very, very, very interesting. What For me. Happened? No, that's the episode where Nate wants a oh. he wants a window table for his his parents and him because they're celebrating. Hold on, I'm just thinking: Are we conflating the two episodes? Uh, was that the, wait, wait, was Nate in the first one where, with the parents? I think, I think he was, right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, we're just going to count the two episodes as one big episode. All right. All right, so what happened in the second part of this? No, episode? I think you should say it. This is the one where Ted, uh. This is the one where, um. <laughs> oh, let me think. That's. <laughs> People must love listening to this and making fun of us. Well, you should know because you watched it. 
I did. I like, don't, I, I don't you, remember. You, oh I know this is the one where Ted had the panic attack. Yeah, that was, um, let me think, let me think. That was the one where, um, was it the one episode where, uh, Jamie, uh, would, or Roy didn't want to coach Jamie? Yes. And Roy I, didn't want to coach Jamie, and then Jamie finally, uh, kicked the ball into the. Uh, he confronts Roy, and Roy gives a good speech. He's like, you're good, and that's a problem, and, and, uh, you need to be bad. You need to do what got you into the game. And Jamie's like, um. You mean you want me to be bad again? And he's like, no. When it's appropriate yeah. in the right time, you can be bad. Yeah. And that seemed to me like somebody who's dealt with little kids before. Yes. The way that Roy phrased that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then his sign to Jamie letting him know he can go off the rails was all the coaches flipping him off. <laughs> He's like, oh, don't worry. You'll see it. Yes. Okay. That was. Now, this is also Rebecca's. She's texts with the guy in both episodes. But this is when it goes a little bit more crazy. And she's going back and forth with this guy. Um, I know who it is, so I can't say anything. Okay. All uh, right. But your man Ted has a little bit of a... A panic attack, and he had to leave, and he uh, he told uh, Coach Beer that it was his stomach. Yep. Nate makes a bizarre play that wins the team uh, the game. Yes. Rebecca comes back to the locker room, sees Ted's jacket, and gets concerned. Yeah. And then... Uh, this is the episode with her mom. Yeah, and then, okay, so that was it. <laughs> yeah, we completely screwed this up. <laughs> I should have just, anyway. Yeah, I blame crazy. myself, too, because I know we watched Ted Lasso the other day, but I, for it some It was reason, yesterday. Yeah, that's the other day. <laughs> I couldn't remember everything about the episode, so I'm like, oh, this um, sounds right, this sounds right. Nate, Nate thinks, I saw something like this yesterday. So, Nate, I think... I'm trying to remember. It's hard to because they were they were back to back episodes, yeah. and sometimes I don't want to watch two episodes in a row because I get them mixed up. See, I could watch like ten episodes in a row of a TV show. Oh yeah, just don't ask me to recap it after. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's. I guess it's easier with Seinfeld because, um, because I've watched more Seinfeld. Yeah, and I this is the first time I'm watching Ted Lasso. Um, the the seasons so. I, I can't keep track of everything sometimes. It's kind of a little bit weird. But, um. It was good at the end. Very good. The episodes end with Dr. Sharon coming into her office. Ted is lying down on her couch and says, I'd like to make an appointment. I think what we should do in the future is treat Ted Lasso as if it's one big episode, unless. I like that. Unless the two episodes are actually different. I think that's a great strategy. Because, because. We really messed up. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, this is, uh. Oh, oh, it was good. Sorry. Go ahead. Say what you're going to say. What was the number? What were the, the numbers of these episodes? Was it five and six? Five and six from season two. Okay. Uh, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso yet, watch, um, watch the, if you, once you get to the second season, watch five and six, you'll know what we're talking about. It's. Alana's really enjoying the show. I'm starting to, uh, it's starting to grow on me. What did you think of when Nate is finally at the restaurant? He convinces the waitress to move tables and then he's like, uh, can I ask you for your number? No, that's not okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, totally understand. Well, I like that he was assertive, but he wasn't like a per, you know, he wasn't being, um, uh, a belligerent person, uh, demanding things. Um, I like that he said, look, you're going to get us a table. It's going to be by a window. And da 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 da, and then he's like, she's like, okay, 
But I like that he was uh, taking the chance to be assertive. Yes. Because he's not the most assertive person. There's so much I want to say about Nate coming up, but I'm not going to. Okay. Let's just say that uh, there's there's some interesting Nate stuff. Okay. Yeah. I like him, though. Well, I'm not going to say anything more. I mean, I like him so far. I don't know if I'll like him more. <laughs> now I'm really not going to say Right. Anything. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. We might find out that he's Ted's illegitimate son. Oh, my goodness. Even though he's Ted, Indian and Ted is a white dude. Is he Is he Indian? I think he's Indian or Pakistani. Oh. I, but I'm, I want to say he's Indian. Okay. Yes. But he grew up in the UK. The UK, which yes. is a great place to grow up unless you're non-white and you have or you have a disability or you're poor no i don't know what it's like growing up in oh my goodness <laughs> i didn't grow up there babe so you should ask uh, you should ask someone you know that uh, actually grew up there i should ask my brother-in-law <laughs> no exactly that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> yeah i should have asked uh my uh babysitter's grandma but i don't know if she's even alive anymore she died how do you know she uh <laughs> committed suicide <laughs> Like a year ago, and your mom called me to read me her suicide letter. No, no, she didn't. Yep. She doesn't even know your number. My mom, your mom knows my number. No, she doesn't. Yes, she does. She's texted me before, babe. You no, know she, that. No, she did yes, not. Yes, no. Okay, okay. Now you're. No, last summer, remember? Because you wouldn't answer the phone, your mom texted me. No, that was somebody else. No, that was your mom. No, 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 no. Okay, she did that, but she had a different phone. She has a different phone now. And you can save numbers from one phone to the next. So she probably still has my number. But I don't think she does. The point of the story is a week before she texted me because you refused to answer your phone like a good daughter. She uh, no, 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 the no, no, no. That wasn't her. That that was that wasn't her that texted you. That was my sister. Your sister, yes, your sister texted me. But, but there was but one remember, time when your mom texted. No, no, because because. I had to use her phone to call you. Remember? Because my phone wasn't working and I had to get a new I know, but what I'm saying, babes, is after that, your mom called, your mom texted me when I was over here with you. Remember? I, I can even okay, tell okay, you okay. All right. kind of what we were doing. We, that was the night, babes, we were watching The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. And we were watching the movie. Afterwards, I text your phone. There was some weird number. And I found out it was your mom because he said something about I'm trying to get a hold of Alana. She already knew I was here, too. Anyway, anyway, we don't have to go back on that. And then she called right, me and right. read me the suicide book. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Babysitter's great. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I may have made up the stuff about the babysitter. I think the baby, I think my babysitter's grandma is, it may not be here anymore. Well, was she ever in Portland? Not in Portland. I but mean, um, oh my goodness. No, I think she may actually not be here, here. Like alive. Yeah. Uh oh. Last I heard, she was living in Florida. Ooh, that's never a good sign. Oh, my goodness. They got gators there, babe. So. They might have eaten all. So. They might have eaten There's a lot of good things about Florida. Bubs, Florida oranges, Florida grapefruit. This probably aren't even grown in Florida anymore. Yeah, they are. Really? Yes. Mm. It's a nice label. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Put your hand over my mouth, okay? I'm just kidding. I'm, a, I, I'm just kidding, Bubs. Well, good. Okay, but we did watch some Seinfeld, and we can actually uh, decipher the two episodes. Why don't you describe both of them, because I don't remember either of them. Yes, you do. Okay. Okay, the first one was, <laughs> it was based on um, uh, Elaine and her uh, her boyfriend, Hal, that she was dating. 
And Hal said that he had some problems with his back. And so he bought her a new mattress. <laughs> she thinks that Hal thinks that he's going to get some, but really it was just because he thought it would help with her. And she's like, that's so sweet. But by then she had given it to Kramer. Now Kramer, I, I realize I said I don't remember that uh-huh. I just take over. So I'll let you get back to it. No, 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 go on. So Kramer was nice and gave it back to her. But what Elaine didn't know at first is that Kramer had started swimming in, I want to say, the Hudson River. The East River. The East River. Yeah. Which is supposedly very filthy. So the mattress... Smelled like the East River. Yeah. While this is going on, Jerry has hired uh, an architect to help redesign this kitchen. (laughs) Yes. Is that the proper term? Um, I'm horrible with stuff. um, I think it might be like an interior designer. Interior designer. And he's asking all these questions. George comes over, borrows the guy to redesign his desk so that George can sleep under <laughs> in in his in his office. Yes. So he, George is excited at first. He goes to bed one day, and Mister Stein, Steinbrenner walks in, just sits there and is humming the song. His grandkids come in, including a little kid named Brian. He seemed really nice, and he goes under the desk and he's like, "Hi, Hi I'm, I'm Brian. Brian." And George is like, "Get away from me!" And then there's a dog. He starts licking George, and, and then he's telling, he's calling Jerry and saying, "Jerry, call in and say that you have a bomb uh, that you you're going to threaten to bomb the place. Call in with a bomb threat." And he's like, "I'm not going to call in with a bomb threat." So he does, and everybody tries to get under the desk. George is already there. Mr. Steinbrenner thinks that this is a sign that George might be a psychic. But he also puts him in charge of fixing the one problem that um, the bomber had, which is have fitted hats for everybody. So instead of just giving out the regular hats, make sure that every one who attends the stadium that day has the right hat size. Oh, that was a great episode. That was a great episode. And then the next one was about, um, they were making fun of dentists. Anti-dentite. Starring. <laughs> uh, Deborah Messing. Even more importantly. Um, who's that one guy from Breaking Bad? Heisenberg himself. I, 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 Brian Cranston. And he played. Tim Watley. Oh, that's right. Tim Watley, who was making fun of Jewish people. Because he had just converted to Judaism. Judaism. Yeah. That's and, a good episode. And he was supposed to be this uh, dentist that, that would make fun of... Uh, he was supposed to be this Jewish dentist that would make fun of Jewish people. Mm-hmm. I like this. And uh, I know that before Breaking Bad, Brian Cranston was known for the show Malcolm in the Middle. Mm-hmm. But I never really got into that show. I tried never to watch either. it one, once. But right. the the mother was just really annoying to me. He yeah. seemed kind of pussy whipped, and the kids on the show didn't really. I didn't get into jive it either. with my sense of humor. I didn't get into it either. It was a big show though, but I never got into. I it. knew a lot of people who liked that show. Yeah, I I, I just it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. But even when it was in syndication, I I didn't really care. He's apparently made more money off of Malcolm in the Middle than he did off of Breaking Bad. Oh, wow. That's one of those shows I really want to show you, babes. Mm -hmm. But it takes a little bit of time to get into. And you can't really skip an episode with that show. Mm. You have to watch every single episode. And there's like 65 of them. But it is so brilliant. 65 of them. I'm guessing that's around. I don't know. Uh, The thought of watching people uh, making money off of selling meth is not really my jam. Oh, it's so well done, though. It's so well done. 
And then there was a silence. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch it with the next meth head. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, I don't it's know. It's like half of my friends. Oh, my goodness. I'm just joking. Man. Uh-oh. Yes. So we did that. Ate some food, listened to some music, and then we started our movie night with West Side Story. You were going to give the recap because I was super confused by this. So, movie. so there's some parts of it that was confusing to me, but I only saw this movie um, the second time last night after I watched it in my early 20s. I had never seen it before. Okay. So I, I was wrong. So Rita Moreno is in this movie. Rita Moreno does not play Maria, as I thought. For the longest time, I thought she was Maria, but she played Anita, who was a friend of Maria's. Now, in fairness to you, I will say that whenever they talk about this movie, they discuss Rita Moreno, and it seems like they underplay the importance of Natalie Wood, or if they mention her at all. I don't know. Well, I'm not sure if they underplay her, but she is gone. Um, I, right. I, I, but she I, was I a main know. character. In this she movie. was a main character, yeah. She was one of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you t- hear people talk about the movie, it's usually about Rita Moreno, and they don't mention Natalie Wood, which is weird because this is her film. Right. But I think we need to read up on this story. Go ahead. Um, so it takes place in, uh, I believe it's New York City. Um, this came out in 1961. There's a feud going on with two gangs, the Jets, who are the New Yorkers, uh, and the Sharks, who are, uh, Puerto Ricans. And they've, I don't know how this feud had started, but they've, they've had a feud for a long time. And the Jets are trying to convince this guy, Tony, who's no longer a part of the gang, to go uh to I guess he's working in a shop, right? I assume so. I actually fell asleep through part of this movie. Yeah, I know because I was trying to wake you up. Oh, okay. <sighs> See? And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm falling asleep, babe. It was only for a couple of minutes. It was more than a couple of minutes. Oh. I had to wake you up several times. Oh. Anyway, so um so he so they convinced him to go to the dance and I think the dance is like at ten o'clock. Okay. Somewhere around there because he's supposed to clean up that store. He goes to the dance he meets Maria, who is um, one of the sisters of the Sharks, uh, Bernardo. And um, he dances with her while everybody else is dancing. And they, they pick a partner and they start you know dancing with the girls. And he <clears throat> starts dancing with her. And everybody knows that. The Jets and the Sharks are enemies, and um, everybody leaves the dance. Maria goes to her bedroom. Um, Tony is outside of her window, and she doesn't want her family to know that she's seeing Tony because Tony is, uh, she believes, is a part of the Jets, and they're rivals. So... And so the Benny and the Jets, it's Tony and the Jets. Tony and the Jets. Tony, Tony, Tony and the Jets. Sorry. So, so I'm not going to give everything away because a bunch of things happen. Um, you know, they are, uh, um, Tony, Tony is planning to be a part of this rumble with the Jets and the Sharks. And Maria tells him, well, 
I want you to stop it. Don't fight. I want you to stop it. The rumble happens. Uh, Bernardo is killed, I believe. So I, I, I'm not sure who killed them. Tony or Riff. I'm not sure. Riff is one of the gang uh, members. Mm-hmm. Um, Maria thinks for a while that, well, he killed my brother. And he said, well, it, it nothing was meant to happen. Um, he wasn't supposed to die. Um, you know, I, I don't like that he died. And, you know, she agrees to still be with him after that. Anita tells, Anita is very upset and says, well, you're, you know, Tony killed your, Tony killed your brother and, um, I'm sorry, Tony killed her brother. Let me think. Let me think. Tony killed Maria's brother. Yeah. Tony killed Maria's brother and she was in love with Bernardo. Anita was. Yeah. And so she's angry and, and, and both of them, um, Anita's angry. Maria is very sad. So, so, um, so the investigation's going on. The officer shows up at, I think it's Maria's place. Yes. Maria and Tony are spending some alone time. By now, I think he's crawled out of the window. He crawled out of the window. She tells Anita, look, go to, to Doc's store and get me. Something for my head. And she's basically, that's her way of saying, let so-and-so know that here's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. So, she goes to the store. The Jets are there. She's looking for Doc because she has a message for him. Mm -hmm. She's trying to get away from them. And she said, well, you tell, you tell, um, you tell so-and-so that, um, What did he say? She gave him the message. Doc gives your man Tony some money, slaps him across the face, says, Why do y'all have to have these gang wars and all that stuff? Yeah, and then and then Anita well, Anita told the boys before she left, she said, Oh, uh, by the way, um Chino shot Maria. Oh, did she say that? Okay. Yeah, she's gonna say, you know, Chino found out about Tony and Maria and she and he shot her and now she's dead. Okay. Because that's her way of, of, of keeping Tony away from him, um, her. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so she's looking, he's looking for Chino and he says, Maria, or, or he's looking for Chino. He says, Chino, come after me. I'm, you know, cause he's thinking that she's dead. Yeah. Maria sees Tony. Um, that was my right yeah. So Maria sees Tony and, um, Without without them knowing, Chino finds Tony and shoots him. And before he before she dies, I'm sorry, before he dies, she's talking to him and she tells him that she loves him. And he falls to the ground. His gang circles around him and she grabs the gun that Chino had and is threatening to shoot all of them because now she's very, very uh. hurt. And she's expressing her hatred towards the gang. And what's the last scene? She unzips his pants. Hey, no, 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 no. Oh, no, sorry. No. What happened after that? No. No. Tell me what the last scene was. Uh, the movie ends. I don't remember the last ah! scene. No, no, no. This is the last scene, isn't it? Um. Yeah, I think they take the body away. Yeah, they take and the body they, away. Um, and they gather around her and then everybody, everybody 
starts to leave and that's the end of the movie. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, so AFI says that it's the second best musical ever made. Even better than The Sound of Music and My Fair Lady and Mary Poppins. I liked it, but it's not even the best musical I saw last night. It's good. I'd give it a seven, but it was... I, I I need to read up on it because there's some things that I was confused about. I know that it's loosely based on Romeo and Juliet. Yes, it is. But I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I just don't get the movie. Hmm. I think you need to watch it again or read about it. Okay. I liked it, but I didn't love it. Okay. I don't think I need to see it again. Uh-oh. What? Well, I think you should. Why? You even said it's very confusing. Well, it is, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to see it again. Oh. I want I want to read more about it yeah. because um, there, there were just little things that confused me, but it wasn't like huge things. I think what we should do, babes, is we should make it our regular Saturday night film from now on. And we'll watch it every no, single Saturday. No, <laughs> no. No, not every Saturday. Wow. Or, you know what we could do, babe? Since I have the mixer, every Wednesday we'll have West Side Wednesday. <laughs> no, that's a little bit too weird. Okay. No. Yeah, I, I I might be alone on this one. I thought it was good, but I didn't love it. Mm. Yes. I mean, I I think the sound of music in I think the sound of music is better than this movie. But I'm not going to say that it's it's horrible. It's also directed by Robert Weiss, who did The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. And also directed some other great movies, like The Day the Earth Should Steal. Mm. But there's some uh, other musicals I want to see, like Fiddler on the Roof. And um, I heard Oklahoma's good, too. I've heard that, too. Yeah. You keep talking about Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, I've I've heard some... Uh, clips of the music. Um, I keep hearing about the storyline. Um, it's, I think it's at least three hours long and it, and I heard it's a sad movie, but it hurts really good. We got next week's movie lineup plans. Yeah, we do. Okay. I don't see a need to see Fiddler on the Roof and you don't want to see Raging Bull, but not, wh- not at the moment. No. Okay. But what if this, you know, since I'm not really into the whole Fiddler on the Roof. What if we do the That's Our Double movie night? next The Friday after next. In, you know, in 12 days, we watch Fiddler on the Roof and Raging Bull. Mm, I will think about that. Okay. Raging Bull is kind of heavy, and Fiddler on the Roof is for three hours. Raging Bull is about three hours, too, I think. Oh, geez. Yeah. How are we going to do that? We'll start early. We'll start at four. I... <laughs> is it really three hours? Let me, I, I think it's close. Let me see. Alexa, what's the running time for Raging Bull? Oh, it's two hours, nine minutes. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So it's not, it's less than three hours. Okay. Well, I'll think about it. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, good. Um,. Since I was confused about this movie, and I'm the one who usually does character analysis through questions, uh, I, I will defer to you on this one. Is there I any- don't think I need to do any character analysis right now, but I will say that um, there's, to me, when I think about the Jets and the Sharks, because we don't know about the background between the two gangs. No. 
We don't know about the feud. It would be helpful if we knew about why they were feuding. But um, when I think about the the sharks, because there was a scene when they were singing "I Want to Be in America," mm-hmm. the 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 girls and the guys, and the girls are saying, "We can do whatever you want." We had nothing in Puerto Rico, and the guys are saying, "Yeah, but if you're white." Um, you're better off in America and they're going to be looking at us because we're from a different country. And that is actually very true. But, well, I think both things are true. Okay. Um, yeah, you're, I like, you're like, yeah, well, that's really true. Um, no, it is. Especially back in the sixties. If you were white, it was a lot easier to live in America. It, it, in the sixties. Yes. Um, so, so I thought it was interesting. And then, um, the jets, when you hear their song about, Oh, um, I'm not, you know, I don't, I think, I think they're saying, oh, well, I don't, I don't need a job. I'm just sick. And it's kind of like their excuse as to why they're not doing for themselves or in a gang. And that's how they're uh, making their money. To me, the reason these two (laughs) gangs have problems is it's obvious it's over race. It's you get to see somebody else as the other. Therefore, you can hate them. But I wasn't talking about that. No, but you said, why did the gangs have a problem with each other? And that's why. No, 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 no. I understand that. Oh, you I'm just saying it. I didn't understand that. I didn't know the background of these gangs and how they got together. They got together over race. No, 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 no. You're not paying attention. Okay. I mean, the background of how the jets formed and how the sharks formed. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. And, um, you know, and, and when you hear, uh, the one song about the jets where they're, you know, they're, Try and talk. They're talking about, oh, our officer Krupke is the officer, you know, excuse us for what we do. We're just bad kids. Mm-hmm. We came from dysfunctional homes. We're just bad. We're not working because we're sick. <laughs> it was kind of a funny song. Nice. Yeah. Cause a lot of them, a lot of them made excuses like, oh, yeah, we're just delinquents because it's all I know what to do. Good stuff, babes. Yeah. Good, but not great. Oh my goodness. Tough cloud. Oh my goodness. Well, then we watched another movie called Tick Tick Boom. And both of us didn't have any any expectations as to how it was going to turn out. And for the first 10 minutes, I'm thinking to myself, oh, I might have made a mistake by saying we should watch this. But then... I got into it pretty quickly. It took me 10 to 15 minutes, I'll be honest, because it was kind of confusing they were going back and forth between stage, him, the dude performing on stage, and him in real life with his friends. Yeah. So I was thinking this could go off the rails very easily. Then about 15 minutes in, I'm like, oh, I get it now. And then it got really, really good. Because you were you're explaining, oh, okay, so this is a play that he would have seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's basically the story of the man who wrote Rent, John, I forget. His Jonathan name. Larson. Jonathan Larson. And about what life was like when he was working on his first play, the one he did before Rent. Mm-hmm. Superbia. Superbia. He is obsessed with writing this play to the detriment of the relationships he has in his life. With his girlfriend, Susan, with his best friend, Michael, mm-hmm. the people at the um, the diner that he worked with. Everybody he knows around him is having their issues. Mm -hmm. Some of them are dying of AIDS. Some of them just want to leave this crazy life like his girlfriend and just, you know, live like a regular human being. Uh, I almost said Michael 
well, let's go with Michael. Michael moves out of their place and into a nice penthouse yep. because he got a good job because he left his dream of being an actor. And he's in, he's now in, um, in advertising. Yeah. Your man, John, is really, really struggling. He has his power turned off. He starts having issues writing songs. He's he's going to be 30, and he feels like he hasn't um, reached any of his goals. Stephen Sondheim had his first... Is it Sondheim? Sondheim. That's what I said, right? Sondheim. Sondheim. Yeah. Had his first Broadway production at 27. I, I, there's a lot I want to say about this movie, but I don't want to give too much away. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good up into the, you know, what happened, what actually happens to him, um, dying and not being able to see, um, rent. This film in a lot of ways gives more questions than answers, which I like. Yeah. There was one <laughs> scene that we both thought was really funny. And it was a scene where Jonathan and his girlfriend Susan were having this huge yes. argument because he was supposed to talk to her about moving to the Berkshires. I'm guessing that they lived together. I'm not sure. I'm guessing it did. I, they didn't live together, but they were super close. Right. And so um, she was thinking about moving to the Berkshires because of a new job. And she wanted to know that he didn't want her to go to the the Berkshires and they're arguing and arguing about this whole thing. <laughs> they start to make up and then she realizes you're going to use this. You're thinking it, about making this into a song. Yes. Aren't you? And then we hear in the background, Jonathan on stage with his friend Caressa and they're singing the song that was made um, based on this argument. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> It sounds like a country song. Yeah. So some of the scenes that really, really stick out to me, I'll give you the one that, that's probably most powerful to me. Yeah. But there's other ones too. Yeah. Um, to start it off. So he does this performance, right? Mm-hmm. And S- Stephen Songheim. Can I put my head here? Yes, you can. Okay. Goes to see it. He gets a big crowd. He worked on it intensely, and he thinks this is going to be my next big thing. Yep. John calls his manager, whose name uh, was his, his uh, Rosa. Rosa. Rosa Stevens. Yeah. She's talking about everybody love this. This is amazing. So John says to her, "Okay, so where do we go from here?" And she's like, "Oh, you're going to have to start writing the next play. Nobody's like, going to produce this." Yeah, it's like yeah, start on writing the next one. And I love that because. That's what artists do. Yeah. That's the reality of being an artist. So exactly. As you know, yeah. I have done performances throughout my adult life. Uh-huh. As on, have I. On somewhat of a big level. Uh-huh. And there have been times to where I've gone to a performance thinking this is gonna be a huge thing mm-hmm. and nobody shows up. Wow. And there have also been times where I've gone to a performance, have been told that there are very important people in the audience. I go on stage and completely kill it. Everybody says that they love this and that this is the turning point of your life and nothing happens after that. Yeah. And you know some of those stories that I'm not going to share here. Uh-huh. So when that happens with the manager, I'm like, yeah, that's – I 100% believe that moment. Mm-hmm. That seems so much like this happened in real life. 
I've had, I've had performances where I thought I did all right and I completely bombed mm-hmm. and I know, and I didn't realize I bombed like the very last performance that I gave in college before I graduated was a, to me was a total disaster. I, I mean, it wasn't like a total disaster where people didn't know what I was playing, but my notes were flat <laughs> and, um, I, um, was wearing some ill-fitting outfit that I used to fit in. And I was just, I mean, it just wasn't good. And I think I was, because of all the stress too, I also had to um, worry about finals that I had to pass. And I had to pass a uh, piano proficiency test before I graduated. And I, uh, I did pass it, but it was very, very stressful. And it was just, you know, there were some performances that I did very, very well. Yeah. And there were some where it was just, I wish I never performed it. But here's the thing. I related to it because it's like, there are some performances to where I absolutely killed it. And very important people were in the audience. Mm -hmm. And it didn't make any difference in my life whatsoever. Except for I felt good for like five minutes after the show. And I was stretching out for like two days leading up to the show. Yeah, it it is. Isn't it like it's a major, major stressor for two days to, I don't know, two weeks before it. And it just builds up and builds up. And then you work so hard and you finally do it and you practice and you recite and it's all worth it because you put in that work that's the best kind of that's what it is it's just about doing the work it's not about getting the accolades there was one time babes where i bombed really hard Mm -hmm. in front of a group of people and most of them had seen me do great performances in the past yeah except for a few people and one of those few people is I'm not going to say their name, but they're a director and they had like one of the top movies come out this year. Really? Yes. And this, the performance oh, I did, okay. I, don't say any names. I'm not going to say it, but I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. And the performance I did, this was maybe six years ago when he had released a couple more smaller movies. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking about this maybe a week ago because again, this director had in the top five highest grossing films of last year, his film was in the top five mm-hmm. and also very critically acclaimed. So of course I'm going to think to myself, well, what would have happened if I would have done a great job at that performance? Would mm-hmm. he have cast me in this movie? And then I think to myself about all the other times I killed it in front of super powerful people in the industry and nothing happened. Yeah. Um, and I think it doesn't matter. It's just about the work. It is it's about, just the, about work. the work. And sometimes you'll get noticed and sometimes you won't get noticed and sometimes you'll get, um, you'll get criticism, uh, either constructive or cutthroat. And yeah. sometimes you'll get, um, recognized and, uh, um, patted on the back for it. So it, it's all, it could go either way. This film to me says so much about the life of an artist. I also really like the scene a little bit earlier in the movie. It's the first time he encounters Steven Songheim when he goes to, um, I forgot what they call, but it's where you go to present your musical and judges will talk about it. Um, 
Oh, it's a workshop, right? Yeah, the but workshop. it was a workshop. It's a, it's a workshop that he was doing. And one of the judges says, I didn't like this. I hated that. And then Stephen Songheim completely disagrees. So the first judge starts agreeing with everything that oh, Songheim think, says. Was it the, I don't know if it's a workshop or whatever you call it, but yeah. That was kind of funny. <laughs> because we've known people like that who are in the yeah. arts. There, I, I love artists, but there's a lot of kiss asses in the art community. There just is. And it's always going to be like that. They're always going to agree with whoever, whoever the most powerful person in the room is. Right. Because they want, they they might be successful to you, who's nobody, mm-hmm. but in their eyes, they're looking at Stephen Songheim like he's the one that they want to, you know, emulate too. Yeah. Like that one guy, Ira. You remember Ira? Tell me. Well, um, Ira, I liked how he was very honest with, um, Jonathan about how is, how many, you know, how much is it going to cost for musicians? Yeah. And he said, look, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to get your mu- musicians somewhere else because we can't pay for that. It's going to cost a hundred dollars per musician. So he sells his stuff. He goes to the advertising group. Yep. It's, it's an artist. I have to tell all of my artistic friends. To watch this movie, it's whether you like musicals or not. I also thought, well, what really got to me too, it wasn't just the um, swimming scene when he was thinking, "Oh, I got to write the song," and yeah. I didn't get any. And it's, it's, I have twelve hours to do this. Yeah, and he swims in the pool, and somehow he gets this um, idea. Yes. And you know why that's so great yeah. is because that's so realistic of mm-hmm. what happens in the artistic process. You'll be slaving over something for days or weeks at a time, and then you'll go off and do something else when you feel like you should be still working on the thing. And that's when the real work happens. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I've heard stories about songwriters that have wrote songs and it's like they, it was only a few hours old Yeah, that they wrote it. And it's like, I'm stressing out over this. And then I have to think, okay. And then they're thinking about whatever it is and it's totally unrelated, but they end up writing about it. It's brilliant. It is. It's a brilliant movie. Another couple of things that stood out to me outside of the artistic thing. There's this great scene where he's walking with Michael and it's right after Jonathan completely blew the opportunity to participate in the advertising marketing group. Yeah. And they're talking about life. And Michael, he starts telling Michael, you know, it's easy for you. You're this really successful guy and you have no problems in the world. And Michael starts talking about, well, you have somebody who loves you. I don't have that. And look at who's trying to stop me. Jesse Helms, the moral uh, majority. Or minority was a minority majority. majority. And you can just go out and be in a relationship. But yeah. because I'm gay, I can't just do that here. I thought, to me, that was a, a great, powerful scene. Well, I think what, what, what was powerful about that was uh, what, when he admitted that he had HIV. And That's a little bit later. I know, I know. But, but okay, that was later. But um, That's a great scene, too, though. And and the one scene too that was especially powerful was when Jonathan was sitting outside and somehow a piano uh, was outside in that field and he was writing a song based on his friendship with Michael and in the background you hear Michael singing "Is This Real Life" and um, he's remembering the times with Michael and 
And then after that, he resolves it by um, telling Michael that, you know, whatever it is, um, I'm going to be by your side. I promise. Yeah. And, um, but they were really good. I mean, Michael was really good in that movie and, um, the, the guy who played Michael, I mean, and, um, the guy who played Jonathan. Um, and I also thought, if you don't mind, Go ahead. about how Jonathan was thinking, I'm turning 30 soon and I don't have any work to show for it. And I, and sometimes I, I think about that and I'm like, do I have anything to show for my artistic ability? Um, because right now it's kind of at a standstill, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm never going to show anything for it or never going to have anything to show for it. Just, it just means that right now it's like on a hiatus. That's the conundrum of every artist I know. Yeah. They all, every art. And I know some artists who are fairly successful. Yeah. Every artist I know thinks like that. Do I really have anything to show for my work? I'm glad I'm not for the, only the one. years of struggle I put in. Yes. It's, yes. it's just a fact of life. If you accept the artist's way or the path of the artist or whatever you want to call it, that you're going to feel those emotions. That's part of that's, that goes with the and gig. I, I think it's very healthy to feel that. And I think it's very healthy to, um, um, to verbalize it. Oh, I, so. I disagree with you a little bit. I think it's normal to feel that. I don't think it's healthy. At well, I, I think I, I think maybe maybe healthy was the wrong word. I think okay. normal it was a word that it's it's not uncommon to feel that way. Yeah. But I think it's also good to verbalize it <clears throat> because I kind of feel like musicians and artists are not understood. Of me. course not. That's the whole point. Like when I was. When I was trying to explain uh, to people in my family, you know, the struggles that I was going through um, in my last year of college, they didn't understand. They people at who, least I don't think I no, explained it. They don't because no. people who do normal stuff are never going to understand what it's like to be in the arts. Mm-hmm. They just don't. Mm-hmm. And part of that too is because artists don't really fully understand it too because. It's this weird connection between reality and fantasy. You walk this very bizarre line all of the time, and it's hard to put into words. And and if you know, you know. But if you don't know, you don't know. Mm -hmm. And even if you know, you only kind of know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think the the thoughts of an artist are so complicated. Yes. And I'm realizing that as I get older – but I'm glad that I'm not the only one that feels like that. No. I mean, everybody has their take on it. So it's not that we all feel exactly like Alana. But there's a lot of overlap. That's not what I meant. No, I know, I know, babes. But I'm trying to contextualize it. Okay. And, and it's, it's a very bizarre thing. And when you it get is. into rooms with artists, we all think that our work is more important than the other artists that we're talking to. Uh-huh. And simultaneously think that our work isn't as good. It's this very bizarre thing. Yeah, I feel that way too. Um, There's comparisons and, you know. and I also think one of the reasons this story is so tragic but also works Mm -hmm. is because Jonathan Larson is known for the musical Rent. Yep. But he died the night before its first public showing. Yeah. So he never got to experience success. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
But what he left behind ended up being successful. Yeah. Which I thought, wow, wow. And I keep thinking, well, what if that happened to me? I think with me, nine times out of ten, that's what's going to happen. A 90% chance, I should say. Or I may not. Oh, gee, thanks, babes. What? Oh, nobody will. No, 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 no. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, you dying before something uh, gets published or whatever. I think I'll die and then maybe some of my art will become successful afterwards. But who knows? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. In any event, babes. Any of it. It's a really powerful movie. And now that we've ended on that sad note. Yeah, it's a very powerful movie. I think any um, musician, uh, artist, actor, actress should definitely watch it. I, w- I wonder, too, who died first, Jonathan or Michael? I don't think I, – well, I guess we could find we out. We could find out. I have a feeling Jonathan died first. Maybe. But Michael got diagnosed in 1990. Yeah. Yeah, but Magic Johnson got diagnosed in 91 and he's yeah. still around. Yeah, and Magic Johnson is a super rich, famous celebrity who was also not just famous, but famous for doing something to where he had to be in peak physical shape. Yeah, but there, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, Magic Johnson was famous. And, well, and he was in great physical condition too when he got diagnosed. Yeah, but even if he wasn't in fa- uh, great physical condition, I mean, I I met someone that I won't mention the name of. Um, I don't know how great this person's health is because we stopped talking, but okay. um, he's been around i don't remember exactly what year he was diagnosed but he he's been around for a while it was a year before i met him no i think it was before i was it was years before but i can't remember when something tells me michael didn't get the same treatment that magic johnson got no but he's based on a real person babes i know but you do this all the time what do i do every time I try to talk about Magic Johnson. It's like, yeah, but they're like super famous. And- no, but for real, <laughs> he was a rich guy who had a high profile and still does, not to the same extent as the early 90s, but is still very well known and was in great shape when he was diagnosed. I think there's going to be a difference between that and a guy who has a little bit of access to money is probably keeps himself fit. But isn't in Magic Johnson level? Yeah, but I mean, even if he even if he was, it may not be true that he's gone. I'm just saying, it isn't just like it isn't a disease where the rich people survive um, more than the poor people. I think when you're rich, you have access to certain resources that you don't if you're poor. And it's not that Michael was broke; he was he had a great job, but yep. he wasn't Magic Johnson level. I don't know. I don't know what way I'm thinking of stuff. Oh my goodness. Watch. We'll re- do the research and we'll find out that he died in 1992 and you'll be like, Bob, nobody could have put that together. Oh. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with you, Hammond. You're going to listen, okay? Because mm. I'm always correct, okay? No, not all the time. Most of the time, okay. No. Yes, yes, yes. Not all the time. Oh my goodness. 
Um, <laughs> is there anything? Oh, let me ask you this. Yes. Would you recommend Tick, Tick, Boom to your family? If so, what's the elevator pitch? I don't think I have an elevator pitch for this one. I don't need to have one for every single movie. But <laughs> why do I have to have one for every single movie? Seriously. Because it helps you form an idea of what you would say to people to sell them. Well, okay, um, if I had an elevator pitch, I probably would say something like, if you really want to know the life of an artist, watch this movie. That I like that a lot. Yeah. If you really want to know the life, a life and... Uh, a day in the life of, of an artist and the thoughts of an artist and watch this movie. I wouldn't say the day in the life of an artist, but I get where you're, where you're going. You know what I mean? The yeah. life the life and thoughts of an artist. Yes. Yeah, I like how you try to uh, correct my elevator pitch. <laughs> I'm just trying I to help don't you like that one. Things. I'm giving you – I'm your focus group. <sighs> well, I did like the scene with the focus group. It was pretty funny. That was great. <laughs> it's weird because – on one level, this movie isn't realistic at all because yeah. there's so much music and you're going back and forth between the stage and real life. And on another level, I completely buy into it and it's so realistic. It's almost and because it's done in, in kind of like a fantasy way. Yeah. It allows it to be realistic. And the girl said that this the, the events in the story are true except for the stuff that Jonathan made up. Yeah. So we don't know which one he made up and which one he didn't. Great movie. I'd give it an eight and a half, maybe a nine. Oh yeah, I give it I give it around the same um score that I gave in the heat of the night, but in the heat of the night and in the heat of the night and um tick tick boom are good in their own ways, but they're but the scores yeah. I would score them the same way. I think that in the heat of the night is better, but it's close. Yeah. Yeah. It is they're very, very close. Yeah, as as far as how good they are. But I think that be, the reason why Tick, Tick, Boom is so good is that the both of us relate to it very, very um, closely. Yes. I don't know what it was like being a black man in the South in the late 1960s. According to Alana, it was all cake and ice cream. Bubs, I didn't say that. Sorry, babes, I didn't know. <laughs> okay, okay. Ah, Bubs, <laughs> you're not being good boy. I'm always good boy. Give me no. a kiss. Give a kiss to the never not good boy. Okay. No, he's that charming. I, I, I will say that. But I do know what it's like being a struggling artist and, you know, being shit on and metaphorically speaking, of course. No, no one defecated on your face or anything. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. having, feeling like you're progressing and then taking 20 steps back and all that stuff. Being the only blind student in a music department. I don't know what that's like. No, I know what that's like. Okay. It's very hard. I mean, it was it was not hard when it came to other students, but yes. it was hard when it came to, uh, you know, former teachers. Nice. I think for the most part, my teachers were supportive, but there was one of them was, that wasn't as supportive. And it was really it could have really broken my spirit. Oh, but that's a struggle that some artists go through. That's right, babes. And you will be recommending this to your family. Yes. Nice. Yes. Because I would love to watch this with like uh, my mom. Yeah. Because, um, they w it would make her think about some things that she may not have thought about had I not shown her the movie. And you know, because she knows people that are in the arts, I'm sure. Especially me. 
Yes. So maybe that'll give her or somebody else something to think about. That would be good, babes. Yes. So what's tick, tick, boom? Kick, kick, boom. boom. J-Lo. Why do you say it like that? Say what? Tick, tick, boom. I don't know. Whenever I hear the term tick, tick, boom, I think of rap music okay. because of that uh, Ice Cube song. You can do it with your back. Okay, 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 okay. You asked me why I think I of know, it. I know, but, uh, <laughs> I know, but... I have to quote it again. Anyway. And I know he didn't say... He said, like, tick, tick, boom. And I say, like, tick, tick, boom. I say it in a more of a chill, relaxed way. But it still has a hip-hop influence. Okay. I don't know. In any event, babes. Yeah. Did you have any dreams last night? I did not. I did. I did not. I did. I think you And should. you were in my dream. Again. I was in bed with this woman. We were doing our thing, and then J-Lo comes in. Wait, 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 wait. You never mentioned that. Yeah, I did. No, you said that you you were doing a project with somebody. In bed. And we were doing our thing, and the project was an adult project. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hold on. That's no, what... babes, we're polyamorous streamers here. You said here. a project. Oh, babes, we're polyamorous streamers here. Okay. You said a project. And we were all, you can talk about projects during stuff. Oh my goodness. Well, babes, the point of, you never told me that point of story, babes, is one you can't get banned at me because we're polyamorous dreamers. And I was just wrapping up and my JLo comes in and we start talking about, you know, the project. And then I wake up. The project. Yes. That's how I remember. You never told me what project it was. No, no, no. Uh, I don't think we were having sex. I was just seeing if I could get a reaction from you. Ah! Oh, what? That's why. <laughs> why. Okay, okay, I get it. No, no, no. But I was in bed working with this girl on a project. My JLo comes in. <laughs> I put on my shirts and uh, I start talking to my JLo. What? Okay. Okay. I guess I can take that one. Okay. You're off the hook for now. I should be off the hook anyways. I'm allowed to have sex with people. My oh my goodness, Bob. I am. You said that you didn't. I know I did. I don't. I did not. I did not. Oh my no, goodness. No, no, no. I did not last night. I, uh, yeah, you see, you guys, you see, <laughs> you you like to do that to get me upset, huh? Oh, my goodness. I love you there. Uh, J-Wo. Oh, my goodness. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. I think we discussed quite a bit in this episode, don't you think? I think we do. Uh, we should kiss, and then I got a thing coming up somewhat soon, so you might want to kick me out, and then okay, we'll do our thing. Oh my goodness. First kiss. All right. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.